Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Joff Lacey. And I'm Claire Venice. We're going a bit Shakespearean. And a little wild in this week's Peapod. Peapod. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. This week, we join the Wild Things at Wilds Farm as plans are afoot for some summer fun involving delicious food and outdoor theatre. As it approaches its first anniversary since it launched, we also have an update on how local charity Maddie's Mark is growing. And Susie may be getting a puppy as she discloses in her wild walk. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open-air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Joff Lacey. Hello, Claire. Hello, Joff. Now, Susie's disclosing about a puppy. You've got a new pet, haven't you? <laughs> we have... You've just met her. I have. Because we're recording at mine again in the garden uh, this week. We have a kitten, a sweet little eight-and-a-half-week-old kitten. Now, what's its name, Claire? Because it's changed, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the one we had picked out didn't quite suit her, so we've waited a little bit. We think her name's going to be Jazzy, because she's a bit crazy. Oh, it's changed again. <laughs> First it was Caramel, I believe. Yeah, that's right. There was... Artemis, wasn't Artemis. it? Artemis. Good name, just didn't suit her. No? No. Jazzy. Jazzy. Jazzy As Cat. In Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show me age there. Maybe. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it kind of suits her, I think. But she's, yeah, she's, she's all claws and teeth at the moment and climbing up our legs. Um, but she is, she is lovely. She's it's adorable. So, yeah, good fun for that. <laughs> Another pet in the house. Another pet in the house. Yeah. And we're in your garden, Claire, mm-hmm. and you are, you are following No Mo May. Yes. I think it needs a cat. It's full of daisies. <laughs> <laughs> There's some poppies about to come out, some dandelions. There's a weird bit of grass. Yeah, what, what's happened there? Well, I don't know. I, I, it's, different, it's a different kind of grass. <laughs> we call it our magic circle. <laughs> it's a bit longer than the rest and a different variety. Well, but I quite yeah, like it's it. Not, it's not your normal grass. No, it's not. I don't know where it came from, but it and, does that every year. And your vegetable patch... It's back, looking good. Yeah, the back garden What's vegetable in there? Patch. So we have broad beans, garlic and onions. Oh, wild, wild, wild garlic or just normal garlic? There is some wild garlic at the back Oh, there. I like wild garlic. Yeah, it's lovely. Well, now it's gone to flour. You can use the flowers in, in salads. Yes. It's delicious. It's very nice in scrambled egg as well. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a nice tip. One for you, Noni needs. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few raspberries coming up, some sweet williams at the back. Yeah, I love this time of year. And you, you gave us some, some rhubarb. When I last visited, mm-hmm. it's been cooked and eaten. Not by me, because I don't like rhubarb. <laughs> but it went down very well. Oh, good. I'm pleased to hear that. Well, all the rain has just made yes. everything grow like mad. <laughs> and I would say, I, I planted my, my potatoes just around Easter. The leaves are growing. They're huge. Mm, brilliant. It's great to see. What variety did you grow? I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. three different. Nice. So who so knows? you have some new potatoes maybe if you pull them up early. I think it's 16, is it 16 weeks we've got to wait? Well, Steve Amos is the expert on potatoes. Yes. Depends if you want new potatoes or if you want to leave them a bit longer to be bigger. Right. Let's wait and see. Just take your fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Claire. Yes. Some big birthdays this week. Yeah. There is a birthday coming up. Um, we won't mention yours because you don't like talking about yourself. <laughs> but there, yeah. there is a big birthday for 
our co-founder, Dave Bowers. Yeah, we're missing you, Dave, but we haven't forgotten your birthday is the 17th of May. It is. Happy birthday from Happy both of us. Happy birthday from all of us. Claire. Mm-hmm. We're going to finish. <laughs> Don't be like that, Claire. Don't be nervous. We're going to finish our little cross talk with a little plea, really, aren't we? Oh yes, we are. Geoff. Well done. You've looked at the script. Um, <laughs> we've uh, we've been doing the Peapod now for three and a half years, and we've we've met some wonderful people, gone to a variety of places, and we need your help to find us some more locations. So, if you'd like to host an edition of the Peapod, Claire and I would love to come and visit. If you've got an event coming up, if you're doing a fate, anything that you think the wonderful people of Petersphere would love to know about, please, please do get in touch. There are many ways you can reach us. The best way is possibly to email us, team at shineradio.uk, or you can call and WhatsApp now on 01730. 555 500. Be great to hear from you. Do let us know if you'd like us to come along and record a podcast. Because we want to keep going weekly, don't we, Claire, if we can? We'd love to. Yeah, please do get in touch. Claire Venice and Joff Lacey in Petersfield's Peapod. Coming up, the Petersfield Shakespeare Festival prepares for this year's production, and Susie might be getting a puppy. Wilds Farm is situated in Liss Forest and is known to many for their Christmas trees. Claire met with owner Nick Rook Blackstone to find out what new plans the farm has for the summer. It's always lovely coming up here, whether it be in December to choose your Christmas tree, in July for the Petersfield Shakespeare Festival, and now, just as they start a new event called Wilds Feasts, which sounds really exciting. Hi, Nick. Can you tell us more, please, about Wilds Feasts? Hi, Claire. Great to have you back again. Yeah, so what are Wild Feasts? Wild Feasts are a sort of combination of... Wilds Farm and the caterers that came at Christmas um, having the opportunity to showcase what they do, both in how they source their products, how they put it together, and creating amazing feasts which have a slight twist to them um, and a surprise element that, you know, we don't want to give away all the secrets until you've come. So there's a certain amount of magic and anticipation and obviously the wild farm element is that we create the ambiance and that sort of touch you don't get elsewhere and by combining the two hopefully we're going to create special moments for people the plan is that they're sort of communal feasts so people come there'll be long tables so you know it is for those sort of people who are happy to meet and mingle new people new friends people with like-minded outlooks on food and other things so there is that element to it, um, which hopefully uh, will engage with people. Sounds fantastic. And you have such a magical location up here. You obviously are surrounded by Christmas trees, but you have a lot of outbuildings here. I know once it turns to the evening, when you have your lovely fairy lights out, it is quite a special place to be. Are you hoping to hold them out here in, in the yard? Well, that's the key. We don't know where we're going to hold them. Uh, obviously, it's weather permitting, but we, in our mind, we've got various locations around the farm that we would like to make use of. So, obviously, the early ones, when it's a little bit chillier, maybe they might be indoors. But come summer, we've got the marquee, which is already up for the Shakespeare Festival, so we might have it in the marquee. Or if the weather gods are kind to us, We've got a wild meadow seed that we've just put in this year and that flowers from July to September. So we might, who knows, lay a table out in the middle of a field under the stars and hope for good weather. But the key to being here is that we can adapt and change pretty quickly if the weather uh, isn't to our favour. 
Oh, that sounds lovely. So you don't really know where you're going to be in Wells Farm. You could find a new location you've not been to before around here. So dates, when do the Wilds Feasts start? Well, our first ones are in May, shortly. And then we've got planned June and then four in July and then a couple in September. Those dates are almost set in stone, but again, uh, until the first ones are out of the way and we've seen how popular they are, we'll determine going forward and confirm those dates. And are numbers limited for these dinners then, Nick? We have sort of decided that about 30 is where we would like to be. We want it to be um, fairly intimate um, and not mass-produced. Um, and we reckon with 30, A, we can uh, spend enough time and the customers can spend enough time talking to one another to get to know everybody and everything. Uh, so that's, that's what we're looking at per event. And how much do they cost? The price... If I said roughly £60 a head, uh, which covers effectively three courses plus a drink to start with, in that ballpark, it depends what we're preparing, you know, the availability of produce and all that sort of stuff. So it's a little bit fluid. And is there going to be a bar here as well? Absolutely. The bar will be up and running. It'll be just like any restaurant you go to. You can have a tab and run it and pay the difference at the end. Uh, we've got a sort of novel way we think we're going to be able to run that sort of tab system. Excellent. So people can book online now, can they? Absolutely. Certainly for the first two feasts uh, in May, yes. And the website is? It's Wilds Farm Events. I mean, we have an events page. So once you go to Wilds Events, there'll be a link to the booking system and then you can book your tickets there. So who's going to create these lovely Wilds feasts? Who are the caterers? So the first one in May is great. Um, and they cook over fire pits. And I have to say, their food is amazing at the best of times, but I have had the pleasure of going to a private function where they did the catering, and it blew my mind. It was on a different level to what I was expecting. I almost felt rude when I said to them, this is amazing, but it, it, it just takes it to another level. I didn't realise cooking over fire could be so amazing, and, you know, the presentation and everything was absolutely unique. Lovely. So are you determining who the the next ones are going to be? Yes, so we've got Alfie from Earth to Oven. Um, He's planning on doing an event as well. Um, So two different types of caterers, but both of them, you know, huge imagination and they will bring it to the table, literally. Sounds lovely. Are all diets catered for if someone has special dietary requirements that they need to let you know ahead of time? We do need to know if there are dietary requirements and where possible we will try and cater for those I mean the difficulty is it is an outdoor kitchen at the end of the day and when you're cooking on fire and you know there are meat products and stuff like that yes we'll try and cater for the vegetarian side of things but we basically get in touch with the caterers and we'll determine whether or not we can actually meet all requirements because that could be tricky. What else is new here at Wilds Farm coming up here I hadn't been here for, for a few months and there's always something new and changing here. Well, we're evolving. Uh, We did finally get our planning to hold events here, 30 events a year of which, uh, you know, the feast nights, the beginning of it. So we are looking to evolve, still planning on doing our usual things. So hopefully we'll do Wild Fest in the autumn, which is our fundraiser for Parkinson's. Uh, Obviously, we've got the Shakespeare Festival. There are a couple of other events possibly in the pipeline we would like to do. Butts a Home Start, which is another charitable event we would like to put on. So we're sort of starting in that area. We've got a couple of weddings that we're hoping to do. And um, that's where the future seems to be heading. 
That's incredible because this started out as a Christmas tree farm, didn't it? How long has it been a Christmas tree farm here? Well, the Christmas tree side of things, the first ones went in the ground probably 25 years ago. I mean, we've been farming here for 55 years and we've obviously evolved from everything. It was dairies, pig. I did organic veg for a long time, if you remember. Uh, and then the Christmas trees took over. But, you know, we're forever having to diversify. I mean, it, it, we have to it, in order to survive. But we feel that we're getting that balance about right now. And we think we're doing the right thing. People seem to enjoy it when they come here. Um, we feel that we offer, you know, a great asset to the community. And are you planting Christmas trees this time of year? How many trees do you have? <laughs> oh, don't talk to me about Christmas trees. <laughs> I have just finished, or we have just finished uh, planting trees, doing a lot more pot trees this year. And we've just finished pruning. And <laughs> we're out there. We've just finished the fertiliser. And if you take a walk around the farm now, you'll just see all the Christmas trees just about to break bud. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting time of year because we can get to see next year's crop literally growing in front of us now. Lovely. It's a special place. And you do have a couple of a couple of extra friends up here. A couple of pigs, I believe, also call this place home. Yeah, we actually have three. We, we got two new ones last year um, from somebody locally who no longer could look after them. And they're doing a great job in the woods. Uh, back in um, January, I cleared out all the uh, rhododendron or the ponticum, which is um, spreads like wildfire. And they're just clearing up through there. And then next year, we'll level up everything. I mean, they have made a hell of a mess out there, but we'll just level it out with the power harrow. And then we put down a woodland seed mix. And then this time next year, it will look amazing. It is lovely up here, Nick. Thank you so much for telling us more about it. And good luck with Wild's Feasts. Thank you. The P stands for Petersfield. It's like the best town ever. <laughs> the Peapod. Susie talks about getting a puppy, maybe, in her wild walk this week. Rain and I have just paused because I'm sure just a second ago I heard a white throat. I, I know I'm a terror for if there's... Sort of, no, that's a blackbird, isn't it? I'm a terror for if I hear anything in a hedge um, at this time of year that I can't identify, which, let's face it, is about 90% of birdsong. I declare it to be a white throat because I want it to be. Um, and although these are also meant to be beautiful birds with a beautiful song I don't think I have ever seen a white throat so I can never prove whether that's right or not anyway the coronation has been and gone I thought it was magnificent and I absolutely loved the music Rain was very impressed because I kept referring to what she thought was Zay Dog the priest and she thought that was highly appropriate music for her which I'm sure it was but the really important news for you my listener is that I've more or less signed up to get a puppy so it will be another Labrador at the moment it's sort of neck and neck to see which dog actually manages to produce a litter because they haven't actually come into season yet so one is in Pembrokeshire land of my father's as you know and the other is very close to here half an hour away and about five minutes away from where Richard and I used to live and where my cousin still lives so that's deeply exciting and I will obviously keep you posted with all that 
So I've been invigilating. I've literally just dashed round the corner with Maud, who's been incarcerated for more hours than I like. I never exceed four, but it, you know, recently she hasn't gone above about one. But she was very chilled when I got home. I think she'd had a lovely snooze and missed the worst of the thunderstorms. Unlike me, who managed to get drenched twice, both coming and going. But there we are. So I hope you had a splendid street party, if that's what you were doing. The sheet village party was absolutely lovely. I mean, you can do all the preparations, but you just never know what the atmosphere will be like. And it was great. Rain's looking slightly impatient. Yes, I know. I cabined you, didn't I? What she'll make of the puppy, I don't know. But uh, that's it, catching up. I may go to a fortnightly wild walk because the pea pod, there's rumours that it's going fortnightly. So I think that's what we might be doing because, after all, you don't really need my witter um, as much as I did during COVID when everyone was locked down. So, um, in fact, you probably don't need this witter at all. So we'll see. And have a really good week. The Peterson Shakespeare Festival is getting ready for this year's summer production, which will once again take place in the idyllic location of Wild Farm. Festival organiser Claire Glancy spoke to Shine Radio's Laura Shepherd about what plans are afoot. So we are once again returning to the fabulous setting uh, on uh, a hillside at Wild Farm in Lys, where we've been for, for three years now. Um, We're doing it in July, 18th to the 23rd. We'll be performing Twelfth Night this year, um, and we're very excited about it. We have a very short, sharp rehearsal period of about 10 days before the show, so we completely immerse ourselves in the uh, wonderful world of outdoor uh, Shakespeare performance. Um, And this year, we're setting Twelfth Night, which um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know is one of um, Shakespeare's um, most loved comedies. Uh, We're setting it in the 1920s. Um, So it gives us uh, lots of opportunities to... uh, to show beautiful costumes and have great music and dancing um, and, and produce a really stylish production up on the top of the hill there. Um, oh, I, lo- the- I love the 1920s style. What made you uh, decide to set it at that period? Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting, actually. Well, I, I think we sort of thought that um, the, the 20s sort of came from the bloom of the First World War and, and, and erupted into this sort of period of excess and madness and 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 it was full of innovation with you know jazz coming to the fore and amazing fashions um and new dance crazes and 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 so we feel that um the plot of 12th night fits in in very well with that kind of vibe because uh, you have uh, you have sebastian and viola being shipwrecked coming from a terrible place um uh, being stranded, and, and then they hit upon this this strange madcap world of Illyria, which is full of hedonism and excess. And uh, so you have uh, the Duke Orsino, who's excessively in love with Olivia, um, and then all the pranks and japes that that, that go on uh, in the plot. Um, they're, they're they're just a bit over the top, and they take things a little bit too far. And so I think it sort of really lends itself to that frenzied crazy world of the roaring 20s it 
it does. Will you be doing some Charlestons and have some twenties music and singing as well? We certainly there'll certainly be a lot of kind of period uh, music. We're having we're having music composed for us, um, and Ooh. there's always there's always a traditional PSF uh, jig at the end of the show, um, <laughs> which which uh, the audience usually enjoy. Um, so I, I think it'll be it'll be a, a, a different kind of vibe, but it'll still be full of the the real PSF traditional fun and summer evenings entertainment. Wonderful. How are you going to do the cross-gartered yellow stockings in 20 style? Or is that a a trade secret at the moment? Well, (laughs) well, I mean, it would be a, a trade secret if I actually knew, but but but, but uh, <laughs> we leave that to our wonderful costume designer Nicole Small. Um, but it is, as you say, it is it is a pretty pretty important moment in the play, and and uh, I I can guarantee that uh, it won't go unnoticed in our production either. How big is the cast this year? So uh, we're going to have a cast of ten actors. Um, uh, there'll be a little bit of doubling, although actually Twelfth Night doesn't have the biggest cast of Shakespeare. So, so the past two years we've we've done it with around ten actors, um, and that works very well, um, so that everybody is is fully involved. Most of them are on stage for most of the time, um, and um, and and we'll have some some old faces, some new faces returning um, to, to to be with us this year. And are there any gender swaps that you're putting in? Because I know traditionally there aren't that many female roles. Yes, um, you're you're right. We we are um, committed to doing our absolute best to try and keep uh, our acting company um, fifty fifty in terms of gender. There will be some some swaps, some genderless, some. Yes, absolutely. But I can't reveal too much because we haven't quite finished the casting yet. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Trust me to be asking awkward questions. Is it actually at the same place as normal on top of that magnificent hill at Wilds Farm? Oh, yes. Yes. So so um, the audience arrive into the, the, the farmyard where the picnic area is. We always we always decorate that in the style of the, the show um, and there'll be uh food outlets so that people can can buy food or bring their picnics the bar will be open there'll be music um played by um uh in-house musicians uh local musicians um and then and then when the show starts um people can make their way up to the top of the hill this year we're doing something a little bit different um and so everybody will have an allocated seat this year so there won't be any mad dash or need to queue to get to the top of the hill first to sit in the front row all seating is allocated this year which uh, we hope will be an improvement for our audience um but yes it will be set um by the big red oak at the top of that 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 hill overlooking that wonderful valley um so it's just joyous yes it is a glorious setting well i look forward to hearing more about it over the next couple of months it's very exciting thank you very much claire thank you laura on in the Petersphere. This Saturday, May the 20th, James Alderson presents at the TPS studio with a side-splitting night of comedy. Tickets are £17 and can be purchased from the TPS studio's website. 
There's a screening of the Whitney Houston film I Want to Dance with Somebody at the Phoenix Theatre and Arts Centre in Borden on Wednesday the 24th of May from 7.30pm. And you can go Portuguese wine tasting on Thursday the 25th of May. This event takes place at Gallery No. 30 from 7pm. Tickets are £20 per person, which includes six wines, cheese and biscuits and a wine quiz. If you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. Available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can listen to a new episode of Dogs With Jobs. This month, Kate Fairweather meets a Labrador who is part of the security team at the Staten Island Ferry Terminal in New York. To listen to Dogs With Jobs and more, go to shineradio.uk, bringing you also a great mix of music and local information. Yum, York. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. Maddie's Mark is a local charity to help promote women's rugby and mental health, set up by Simon and Karen Lawrence in memory of their daughter, Maddie. It's a charity close to Shine Radio's heart, and we followed Maddie's aunt, Janine Gillard, and her fiancé, Phil Taylor, on an incredible cycling challenge last summer as they raised awareness and funds for the charity. The charity was set up last August, and Simon Lawrence gives an update to new Shine Radio volunteer, Anne Marden. Last year, March 22, uh, we lost our daughter to sepsis. Um, Maddie um, was a vibrant and wonderful girl. And we just felt there was a, a real need for her to continue her legacy. So that's why we set up the charity. Um, it's involved w- within rugby. Uh, we are um, trying to establish and help promote resilience and fortitude through those values of that of that game rugby the charity was only formed actually in august and it's amazing what you've achieved in such a short time maybe you can tell us a little bit about what's been going on for the last couple of months well we've had huge support from well from petersfield from our friends our family uh, and various professionals so we have been able to set up this charity pretty quickly and we've established quite a good uh, funds within the uh, within it so we've been able to use it for various educational projects in bristol and in um, through london irish and through bristol bears what we're trying to do next is to go much more locally within the petersfield area maybe even haven't if we can be forgiven by petersfield rugby club if we were to to help haven't um So, Simon, I know that today is a particularly big day and that you have been extremely busy all weekend because you had some fantastic news and a fantastic opportunity, which is why I wanted to speak to you today. So tell us all what you've been doing this weekend. It's been out of this world, actually. Um, We had the invitation from the uh, Rugby Football Union, the RFU, to be the official charity at the Red Roses game at Twickenham against the French. Absolutely amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, And, well, it was a record crowd of 58,000. The game was spectacular. And Um, did we win? (laughs) We certainly did. It was was just nail-bitingly so, so entertaining, but also terrifying as well. So we had 20 volunteers um, who gave their all. Uh, I'm sure we haven't got the actual amount yet, but they've gone brilliantly. Um, But also it meant I had the opportunity to go to the Women in Sport brunch, where 
we met so many amazing people, um, which I really can hope that we can progress this, not just in the short term, but in the medium, even long term. So these people that you met at the lunch, are they other fundraisers or were they people in sport that may help support your charity in the future? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, we met the head um, of women's rugby throughout the whole of England. Wow. Um, we met the uh, CEO of Alliance 15s. Uh, which is the women's professional rugby game. Um, we met we met the owner of a sale, uh, Sharks. Um, we met, uh, goodness, a number of people in the RFU. It, they seem really keen on what we're up to. Fantastic. And of course, it's all supporting mental health within uh, rugby. That's what Maddie's Mark is trying to achieve. Absolutely. We, we look at the values, especially of the women's game in rugby, and it is all about teamwork. It is all about uh, uh, looking after your fellow teammates. Um, and you get strength from that, from that team. You get strength from physical exercise. You get real mental fortitude from the fact that it's, it's a difficult, hard game. And so many women are taking to it. And it promotes so much resilient fortitude, boldness, um, we are so excited by its possibilities. Fantastic, and it's great that the whole women's rugby are behind you and Maddie's Mark. So also, I keep seeing on Facebook and Instagram, because I follow Maddie's Mark, that you've had lots of help from other rugby clubs and lots of people um, doing things to raise money individually and through rugby clubs over the last couple of months. There have been so many uh, rugby clubs which have just tried to help us um, from her, her original team, the University of West England, um, through and they have they've been remarkable. We have been absolutely blessed by her club. Um, they have really worked so hard, given so much. Uh, and in many ways, they started the whole fund off with over twenty thousand pounds, and that's students. Yeah, uh, and th that really is is a, an, a remarkable achievement. Um, but, and then it goes to people we've never knew, like Plymouth, where they did a sponsored run. And then all the way to yesterday, where we went to the Isle of Wight, where there was the four women, uh, Aya and Lizzie, Jazz and George, who basically ran or walked round the whole of the Isle of Wight. Amazing. It is, because Amazing. it is such a hilly and yes. difficult terrain. <laughs> It wasn't, it's, it's not, not a walk. No, not at all. They're, they're, I think they, they were, there were celebrations where there was a little flat piece. Because um, essentially they were, they were well, Lizzie and uh, Anaya were trying to do it continuously. They didn't, they just, just missed the final bit. Um, so they did 70 kilometres, which is a hell of a thing. Um, but um, Jazz and George... Um, completed the whole 106 kilometers. Um, they uh, they did to do. I had to do it separately because Jazz was able to get there a wee bit earlier than George. But George, uh, this is the amazing thing: is that she really hurt herself doing it, but she refused to stop. And this is the sort of things that we're we're, we're coming across. You, you must be constantly seeing just people striving to, to raise money you know, in your daughter's name. That must be just so humbling and fantastic. Uh, and, and heartwarming. Yeah. Um, it is. So w there is a real responsibility for yeah. us. 
Absolutely. There is, there is such a responsibility that we have to make this work. So many people, um, I mean, you look at Jazz and George, they literally hurt themselves to, yeah. to do something for and that charity. And they wanted charity. to do it so well. And they well. wanted to do yeah. it so well. So tell me a little bit as well, Simon. So, you know, what, what do you have... Um, any ideas for how you're going to use the money in the future? Because as you say, it's it's becoming a, a mm. fantastic large charity um, and I know that you take that responsibility on, on yourself. You're putting the money into the rugby, women's health, and any other areas? Do you know, uh, at the moment, uh, we are so young. Um, we, we, we refer it to the shotgun approach. Mm. We, we've tried... Well, we've done, as I've mentioned earlier, we've um, put it into education with Bristol Bears and London Irish, mainly because they have established um, safe programmes done with due diligence, which we know which work, but mm. they didn't have the funds to actually resurrect them. Once they knew that we were there, goodness, that was something which yeah. they, they were able to present to us and, and we could get going with it, Fantastic. which was, you know, that's important that we have something yeah. that we are actually doing. Um, but then we've also put a small amount of money into research project for uh, mental health through uh, London Irish and at the Oxford um, University wow. um, and that, I mean that's small potatoes but that might grow we'll, yeah. we'll have to see whether it works or not we're, we're looking to sponsor um, a couple of students at Maddie's Old University uh, University of West England to um, who can't afford kit uh, we're looking to we've set a small budget for that to, to help out with with boots and and much you know kit so yes lots um, of different ideas the, that, that is but we would like to slowly develop it yeah. we'd like to evolve the whole programs and just get it so that we know exactly what we're doing and how we're doing yeah as you develop yourselves as well absolutely tell us what your plans are for the the next you know couple of months are there any things in the diary i know you're you were saying that you're looking to do things locally as well yeah so now the, the, then it gets slightly more difficult because we have, we really want to get involved uh, locally, mm -hmm. um, but we have, we don't have the infrastructure to that that Bristol Bears or London Irish can provide. So we have to do it ourselves, and we really we want to do something here. We yeah. want to be involved with Petersfield uh, School and with Bow Hunt, and it would be it's something which we'd really like to do. Yeah, but. At the moment, we need to explore how we do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's our next short-term project. Brilliant. But in the, in the medium to long term, we, we've got to try and work out how we get across the whole of England, <laughs> which is a small thing. Small thing, small, small thing. achievement. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, yes, give, give us a while for that. <laughs> So, Simon, um, tell me as well, what, what have you been doing? Uh, what events have you had locally? Uh, do you have any coming up? Or is there any way that local people can help you? Well, we've done a number of local events. Um, there is some talk of a, a, a foolish person doing a long swim at Petersville. <laughs> I at wonder Nepal. what that person's name is, Simon. Well, yes. <laughs> it's not so far away from here. <laughs> yes, I, I must admit, I'm slightly daunted by the idea. But anyway, we're looking also to do quizzes uh, and various other fundraisers. And we'll, we'll make sure that it's all in Maddie's mark. Uh, the, her website so that um, we can keep everybody informed so it's maddie's mark uh, so it's maddie's mark or one word um, dot com 
and you can also find her the details for the charity on our website as well so Simon what what a, it's been absolutely wonderful chatting to you um, we've been friends for many a year and you know we've got such fond memories of Maddie and I'm just so proud of what you and your family and all of your friends and everyone you know are, are achieving thank you so much for your time and um, yeah keep Shine Radio listeners updated thank you so much for this opportunity we so appreciate it Claire Venice and Joff Lacey in Petersfield's Peapod And so we come to the end of this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to our guests Nick Rook-Blackstone, Claire Glancy, Laura Shepherd, Susie Wilde, Simon Lawrence, Anne Marden, our editor Stephen Martin, and of course the Shine Radio team. So from Joff and I this week, bye. bye! Join Shine Radio and dozens of quality stalls at the Petersfield Spring Festival. It's got everything from close-up magic and balloon modelling to fancy dress for princesses and classic cars. Live music brings the square alive. There's food and drink all weekend long and loads to do for the kids. You can even try your hand at reading the local news with Petersfield Shine Radio. The Petersfield Spring Festival, all bank holiday weekend.